moment that you've all been waiting for from just north of the border. He's the hombre with no nombre. Mi hermano from another mamo. He's the Muay Thai Tiger. El numero uno. That's right. You're listening to one of the three hogsmen. Dev not here. Big Duke, maybe next week. Maybe next time. All right. But before we get to the show, I'm going to drop some shows on you that are coming up. All right. Is that cool? That is a very smart strategy. I think it's a good idea. All right. Next month, May 22nd, May 23rd, I will be out in Las Vegas for Canna Pro Wrestling. And uh, it's going to be a two-day event. It's for a uh, Bud Tenders Award. I saw someone post about this. It's a much bigger deal than what I thought when you were talking about last week. I knew it was a big deal, but it seems like it's going to be like a mega like conference type thing, like con comic con type thing, but with weed. Yeah, it is. Weed's a big business nowadays. All right. As it should be. Uh, So it's going to be at the Mandalay Bay uh, Casino and Resort out in Las Vegas. And there's already been one announcement, uh, one, one announcement announced. Uh, one match announced, and it's going to be uh, my buddy Gangrel versus me, Hermano, Damien666. That's a hell of a match. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, those two, two, two old veterans, grizzled, going to be thrown down. So that'll be interesting. And then also, uh, right now, guys, I have uh, June 19th. That is 619-619. You see, Adam. The area code for San Diego is 619. Oh, is it? Yeah. So that's why they named this thing. Funny story. A friend of mine back in the day when we were younger, his older brother got a 619 tattoo. All right. So Ramona used to, was 619. About a month later, area the area code for Ramona got changed to 760. Hilarious. But anyways, that is uh, 619-619. That is going to be a Canna Pro Show. And that is going to be behind uh, the Level Up Pro Wrestling School. And the first match announced is uh, a street fight. And it's going to be uh, between Bestia666 and Hunter Freeman. What? Because uh, Hunter's a hardcore guy now. You got to get it done, man. And actually, uh, Hunter's going to be out in Arizona on May 8th, taking on my good buddy, Alexander Hammerstone. That's going to be a first-time matchup. I know Hunter... Uh, is really excited for that match. He's asked me about trying to get booked against Hammer uh, back in the day. So good for him, man. I'm proud of him. So go check that out. That's going to be for Arizona Wrestling Federation. Check that out. But anyways, let's get to the show. All right. I'm going to tell you about my Friday night, Adam. All right. Let's hear about it. So my brother-in-law was in town uh, for last week. That's why we were at the Level Up Studios uh, last week recording the show. And... um. So Friday night, we went out to dinner, and I was like, Mortal Kombat came out today on HBO Max. I'm going to watch it, right? I was pretty I was pretty stoked for Mortal Kombat. And uh, so we go out to dinner, went to an Italian restaurant. It looked like I ordered off the kids' menu because I just ordered spaghetti with meatballs. And um, we go home. I'm like, all right, let's do this. It's time to watch this movie. I've been excited about it for, you know, like a couple months. Turn it on. And by the way, there's going to be some spoilers here, people. So I'm just telling you a spoiler alert right now. Movie starts. Hey, did you check it out, by the way? Yes. Okay, excellent. Yes. So Scorpion and Sub-Zero fight 
at the beginning, right? They open up the movie. Fantastic, right? You're like, this is sweet. It's a great opening of the movie. It looks legitimate. And then it went all downhill. I was very disappointed by this movie, Adam. Were you? I'm glad you said that because there was a long part in the movie when I was like, eh. Oh, I didn't God. hate it, but it was more or less like, eh. It was a letdown. It It's one of those things like, you know, you have the people online that are like, you were looking for a story and good acting in a Mortal Kombat movie. You're an idiot. And I'm like, that wasn't what I was looking for. I just, there was a, first of all, spoiler, they never got to the Mortal Kombat. They never actually did the tournament. No. And I get like, yeah, there's a sequel, but what if this movie doesn't get a sequel? I don't think it deserves a sequel. No, I mean, it, it had cool moments in it, but like, first of all, the biggest problem I've had for the last 20 years is that second Mortal Kombat movie because they killed Johnny Cage in the first five minutes. And I was like, you know what? Finally, they're going to rectify this. And I sit through the movie and I'm like, oh, Johnny Cage is not in this movie. Physically, no. Physically, no. They tease him at the end. Yeah. But and then it's like, OK, well, again, what if there's not a sequel? Yeah. But yeah, I, there was there's large parts of it where I was just really bored and it was like, I, I don't care about all this Here, stuff. Like, here's my problem. Right. I thought they were gonna make a legitimate movie out of this. Right. And yeah, whoever, whatever dummies out there that were saying, oh, you're expecting a real story out of a you know video game. Fuck. Yes, I was. Fuck. Yes, I was. You can do it. Yeah. There's enough backstory and all that BS to go along with Mortal Kombat. You can figure it out. You can figure out a legitimate storyline, serious. Um, and that's what I thought they were going to do, right? It's like when um, it's like when Chris Nolan took the bat, uh, the Batman movies, yeah. Dark Knight, and made it serious. And you were like, holy shit, this is not a comic book movie. This is not a kid's superhero movie. This is a legitimate movie. Yeah. So I was like, I going into Mortal Kombat, that's what my expectations were, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, they're going to make a legitimate movie out of this. So... The first, what, eight minutes, ten minutes with the Sub-Zero and Scorpion yeah. uh, story? Which they released online before the movie even came out. So and, you, you could have seen that without watching the whole movie. And I would have probably been satisfied with just that. Yeah. But um, I was like, okay, here we go. We're on, we're on a roll. And all of a sudden, it became fucking Power Rangers, right? And I'm not talking about the original Power Rangers movie with the original cast. That shit was dope. I'm talking about the remake uh, a couple years ago of Power Rangers, which was complete dog shit. That's what this became. Yeah. It became hokey. It became just lame. Lame yeah. as fuck. I thought the casting sucked. Um, Shang Tsung casting sucked. Raiden's casting sucked. Are, are you in, are we in agreement here? I thought they sucked. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really like I didn't ever feel like Shang Tsung was like an important character. I know no. he was always he just kind of hung around and was just there. And he, he was just there. He just sucked the soul out of Kung Lao at one point, and that was really all he did the whole and, movie. And then the the new kid, uh, the uh, was it Cole something? Yeah. Terrible acting, terrible character, terrible superpower that he has. He basically gets a gold long sleeve shirt. Yeah, that's what he gets. He was just there to be the conduit to the Scorpion Sub Zero story. Yeah, which I was like, we didn't have to do all that. I was really, uh, I was really disappointed in it, man. And then that, Cole, and then Goro jobs out to that Cole guy, and I was like, what? Yeah, what you like, just gonna kill Goro in the first movie? Like, Goro, yeah, he's 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 the uh, uh, you know, he's the co main event in yeah. Mortal Kombat, he, he's the guy you got to fight before Shang Tsung, right? Yeah, anyways, man, I thought it, I, I was very disappointed, and by probably like midway through, I was just like, oh god, this this 
went horribly wrong. Went horribly I like wrong. the guy that played Kano. I thought he was funny. You see, now I'll, I'll put it this way. Kano was a good character as far as he was the comedic relief yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But I don't want my Kano to be funny. Yeah. I want my Kano to be a fucking murderer. Yeah. Right. Somebody who's just like serious drug lord, you know, yeah. criminal, whatever the fuck he is. That's that's what I want Kano to be. I don't want him to be the, the, the comic relief. Yeah. In the movie. Um, you know, I thought Sub-Zero was cool. Um, Scorpion was was cool, but like he's barely in the movie. He wasn't really in the movie. Yeah. They built the movie around Sub-Zero and Scorpion, and yet neither one of them were really in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just, I don't know. I was just disappointed by it. It sucks, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It seems to be the reason they released all these movies on HBO Max. For the most part, most other than like the Justice League, I think most of the movies they put out have been disappointing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. So that was my Friday night. I can't. I don't think I really did anything else this week. I watched the. Uh, dude, you watch that Padres Dodgers game? I watched it on Sunday. Padres came back uh, from seven a seven-one lead the Dodgers had, and they took it to the extra innings. Great game. Yeah. Great game. So that was fun, and I think that was about it this weekend. You, my friend, you got a hand bandaged up. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, so I kind of talked about a little bit on Duke's podcast, but I didn't really know what was going on at the time, but. So on Wednesday night, I was at my girlfriend's house and I was playing with her kids and they decided that they wanted to race each other, which then turned into they wanted to race me. Sweet. So we raced in the backyard a couple of times and then all of a sudden they wanted to take it to the streets. Wait, what are we racing, by the way? Just each other. Just people. Like a foot race? Foot race. Yeah. So um, we then go outside to the front. I don't really think about the fact that it was a downhill that we were running. So I'm racing her kid, not even running that hard because I'm like, I'll let the kid win, you know, get some brownie points, whatever. And as I'm running, I just feel myself start to fall and I go, oh, no, I'm falling. And I just completely eat shit on the street, scrape up my elbow, my knee. Oh, yeah, you're all fucked up. I'm all fucked up. And I use my left hand to kind of stop the ground and I scraped up my hand pretty good, ripped the skin off and whatnot. And uh, I thought everything was just going to be that. But then uh, like the next day, my hand uh, inside of my palm turned black and blue. And it's been a week and it still hurts. So I'm pretty convinced I tore a ligament or something in my hand or my wrist. Should have tucked and rolled. I should have tucked and rolled. I I just I wanted to protect my face at all costs. That's what really all that mattered. Not the face. Not the face. But yeah, so uh, I'm kind of waiting till the swelling goes down because no matter what, they're not going to give me if it's like broken or something. They can't cast it up if it's swollen. They're going to just tell me to come back. So I'm hoping it's just a really bad sprain. But right now it's I can't even make a fist. So uh. I can go about this far with my hands. And that's about it. Even with my fist and clothes. So it's Good been luck. a fun weekend of trying to do everything with one hand, trying to shower and all that stuff with drive with one hand. So well, good luck with that, my friend. Let's see good. what I can do. Luck with that. What else is going on? Oh, by the way, we didn't talk about this last week, and I thought it was a pretty big deal. Uh, the releases that happened right after uh, Mania from WWE. Yeah. Some of those blew my mind. Yeah. Absolutely blew my mind. Samoa Joe getting released blew my mind. That guy. Okay, let's say. Uh, so he wasn't wrestling, right? Did he, was he, he had injured? been commentating. I don't know if he had been cleared. There were some rumors that he had finally been cleared, and that was part of the reason he got released. They he wanted to wrestle, and they didn't want him to wrestle. Really? I yeah. mean, he he was one of the best 
wrestlers on the card. And he was good at commentary. I don't know why you'd release him. I mean, I thought he was pretty good. But uh, that surprised me. I thought um, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce blew my mind. Yep. Those girls, first of all, I don't know why they broke up, broke up the Iconics. Those girls, uh, they meshed well together. Yep. Obviously, they're real-life friends, like best friends, it seems like. And they were funny. I yes. get a kick out of those girls, um, especially Billy Kay. She's funny as shit. Uh, it just it, that blew my mind. Do you know what the Samoa Joe one reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, Macho Man back in the nineties uh, when Vince didn't want him to wrestle anymore, and yeah. he was just on commentary. Uh-huh. And then he went to WCW and continued. That just that basically is what I think is going to happen with Joe. I think he's going to end up going to AEW or something and just continue to be a star there. Yeah, he'll get picked up pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's he's Samoa Joe. Most of these will. Like, I, I think Bo Dallas is is going to stop wrestling. I think he's. I heard he's going to go into real estate. Okay, which is good for him. Like, always need a you know something to fall back on. Yeah, I'm sure he has. Like, I'm sure I'm sure he's has money already. You know. Yeah, he's fine. The, like all these people that get fired, like none of them are like knocking on the poorhouse or anything like that. They're all pretty good if they save their money. Yeah, because even the lowest paying WWE person makes more than what most of us make in a year yeah man they're all they're you know a bunch of these releases will be fine uh and actually to tell you the truth that's probably a blessing in disguise for a lot of these uh people that got oh, released yeah. um because they'll go on to other places there's so many other places for them to wrestle and now they have the value of their name yep. coming with them and all that kind of stuff wwe so. is quickly losing a lot of uh goodwill with wrestlers i think i don't know if that's the dream place to be anymore well we, we've talked about this in the past yeah. you know you got to look at like okay if i go there Am I going to be used? Am I going to be shelved? What's going on? You know, how many people are already on the roster? Who's on the roster? Who's on top? You got to look at all this kind of stuff. Especially after the Mickey James thing. I feel like a lot of people were not. Okay. But let's, but I got a question for this. Yeah. Well, for, what, what, what got, what got mailed to her? Uh, just, stuff. I assume, I assume in the last year, they've probably just left their gear at the arena because uh-huh. they're going to the same place every week. So rather than getting on a plane every week with three bags of gear, just leave it at the stadium or wherever they are. Yeah. And then, but that's what I assume they got sent back. But I saw a bunch of other uh, women who used to be there say that they sent them the same stuff back. And yeah, like I, I don't know what they leave there or what the WWE is sending back to them. But mm-hmm. now I, I got a question. I saw I saw the the, the picture and the mm. outrage over WWE mailing Mickey James her whatever stuff uh you know leftover stuff in a box with in a box with a trash bag inside of a trash bag yeah right um or it, it, a trash bag inside of a box there we go and visually you think like the WWE from the WWE that's not okay they probably have plenty of money yeah to spend. But really, like, how are you going to mail that? Like, I don't know how much. I don't know what was in that box. I don't know, you know, exactly how much it was, all that kind of stuff. But really, I mean, would you expect them to, like, mail it back in, like, a Louis Vuitton bag? No, I mean, there's those things that, you know, when you go to, like, a dry cleaner, they have those little bags that they put the stuff in. 
I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, like the sealed bags type things, like uh, like air, like like uh, the air, airtight. like the air type bags. Yeah, like you could have probably sent back something like that. Like it just visually doesn't, it just visually doesn't look good when that's the thing. It goes in, comes in garbage bags, and I mean, Mark Carano got fired for it. So they did obviously he really get mar- did he really get fired? Yeah, they they did a whole shift in the talent relations department. It does seem like they were looking to get rid of him though. Ever since they changed, because the, listen, like. They're gonna be like, oh, we fired him because he uh, he he uh, sent uh, ex employee stuff back in a in a garbage bag in a in a in a in a in a box. Yeah, that doesn't really sound like it's a fireable offense. No, but it's one of those things like Johnny Ace is back in charge, so it's like they've probably been looking for something for exactly. a while, and it was like, oh, this is great. This incident's the fall guy. Yeah, this is great. Now we can use this because I, I it doesn't seem like he was all that popular anyway. It seemed like most people were happy to see him get fired. That even people that had been fired in the mm-hmm. past, they seem to be. I've never dealt with him. Obviously, I don't know him. You probably have met him at some point. Uh, I think I might have. Yeah, had some interaction. Yeah, with him, but I'm not, I mean, I anyone who's probably much. done a dark match stuff or tryout stuff has probably at least met him. Especially since he was in talent relations, but you wouldn't have had enough time with him to like gain an opinion of his personality. And no, no, so. But uh, yeah, I just thought that. I mean, yeah, like I said, visually, I can see why people are outraged. They're like, "Oh, it's a trash bag. She just got released." They're basically calling her garbage, right? Like, yeah. In their mind, they eventually make that connection. When I was looking at it, I'm like, "Okay, yeah, it doesn't look the best." But how else do you expect them to to mail it back? Like, did they give them instructions on how to mail it back? No, they probably just took some kid and said, "Hey, uh, do me a favor, grab me all of Mickey James's stuff and uh, pack it up and send it to her." And the kid was just like. All right. Yeah, and that same kid was probably instructed to compose a tweet from John Laurinaitis and Triple H's Twitter account and send it out. <laughs> exactly. Because it looked exactly the same. So it's the hey, same kid. Hey, who's that kid that uh, boxed up Mickey James's shit? Okay, cool. I need him to send this tweet out now that uh, that he got fired or somebody got fired. Yeah. I don't know. I just was kind of like, ah, listen, I'm... I can understand visually why people are upset, but like, if you think about it, what else were they really supposed to like do to send stuff back? They're not dry cleaners. They're not, they're yeah. professional wrestling business. Right. And if it's a lot of stuff, all right, well here, this is kind of, you know, if it's just gear, it's just gear, man. Well, I've just always been curious, like, cause you know, in like sports, like when guys get cut, like dude, you ever seen hard knocks, you ever watched hard knocks yeah. on HBO when they cut motherfuckers, it, there ain't no fucking sweet send off. It's like, yo, you're done. Good luck. And then they're like, okay, go clear their locker out. And yeah. the, it's the exact same shit. It's, it's trash bags. They're, they take all their stuff and they toss it in trash bags. I always think I always watch those things on hard knocks and I go, wow, that's much more matter of fact than what I thought. Like these conversations are like, you'd think these like cuts would be like these long conversations about blah, blah, blah. No, it's pretty much they walk in they just go, all right, yeah, so we're going to let you go. Um, we'd like to sign you back to the practice squad, yada, yada. And I'm sure this person in his mind is just like not even thinking about it. He's just like, oh, fuck, I just got fired. It's like uh, Brad Pitt's character in Moneyball. It said, yeah. would you rather take five to the chest or one to the head? Take one to the head, man. You're done. It's a business. Yep. It's a business. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Um, like yeah. I said, I understand how people are upset by it, by the visual of it but then if you think about it just be like okay they had to mail it to her somehow i think people are just upset in general because literally they did it to the day they fired all those people last year 
Like it's it was literally a day a year to the day where they fired all the guys they fired last year, like Anderson and Gallus and all those guys. Like so oh. I think people were just like freaking out about that. Well, it's like an annual thing that they release people after Mania, right? But it wasn't for a long time. There was like a long stretch of years where they just kept they didn't fire anybody. And I was like, well, well this listen, is what's going to happen if that ha- if you when keep everybody people. when everybody on social media is congratulating the next person that got signed yeah. and the next person that got signed and the next person that signed when this car is already full, that car is that, that bus is full, that train, that whatever. What's a large uh, auto or uh, RV transport RV, whatever it's full. <laughs> And when you keep saying, hey, congratulations, that's great. You got signed. You got signed. That 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 RV becomes even more full. Somebody's got to go. Yeah. Somebody's got to go. You know, maybe put a little bit of hiring freeze on WWE for a second if you don't want anybody to get cut. They should because at this point, every time I see people go there, I'm like, I know that's like your dream, but you're going to be sitting on the sidelines for a long time. Yep. And, you know, some of these people are older already, and I'm just like, you're not – by the time you – get to the main roster you might not you might be like 38 39 and then what if it doesn't work then you're free agent when you're 40 like good luck yeah yeah that's crazy man but yeah we forgot to talk about that i, was, you know, I thought that was a pretty big deal had they been yeah because they were released the day i came back from florida but yeah yeah we, i guess we forgot to talk about it. we had a lot of other stuff to talk about so yeah that was a lot anyways what else man how, how was your weekend you do anything cool I'm trying to think. No, I don't think I did anything. That means you did nothing cool. No, I didn't do anything cool. Uh, nope. Cool, man. Nothing that anybody on the podcast would care about. <laughs> Excellent, man. Excellent. Uh, oh yeah. Then we, uh, when you first walked into the door, uh, I was I had a uh, an old Bellator uh, MMA fight on, and uh, you were like, "Oh, this isn't that fight where yeah Weidman breaks his leg." Like, and I'm like, "No, it's old." So you saw that? I did not. You didn't see I it? Was, oh. So on Saturday, I was again at my house with my girlfriend and my roommate was watching it and he just comes bolting out of his room. He's like, oh my God, Weidman just fucking broke his leg like Anderson Silva, yada, yada. And I looked at him like, I don't want to see that. Yeah, so I've been yeah. avoiding it all weekend. Like if I see anyone post anything UFC related, I'm just like, click. Yeah, I watched, uh, I think I was, I didn't watch the event, but you don't need to because you, no. you have social media. You can yeah. find the finishes and all that kind of stuff. But um, I saw that, you know, there was like a headline or something like that said like Weidman breaks his leg. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I wonder how he broke his leg. Watched it, cringed, went and threw up for a few minutes in my bathroom. And because uh, from now to my knowledge, in the UFC, that that type of break has happened three times. So what it is, it's his uh, shin bone. I think he threw a right leg kick, and uh, he broke his shin bone, yeah. which sounds like the most painful thing in the world. And then uh, last night, I was uh, at my Muay Thai uh, class, at King Tiger Muay Thai, and the instructor brought it up. And I asked him, because he lives in Thailand for many years and he fought he has like 260 you know uh muay thai fights over there i was like hey man did you see a lot of that you know living over there and he goes no never and i was like why and he goes because um the thai fighters condition their legs like crazy right they're always hitting like you know solid objects with yeah. it to, to toughen up the bone he, he said this is his version i'm sure a lot of people have different versions of why it happened and all medically and all that kind of stuff but what he said is 
the reason guys break their legs like that when they throw a low kick is because they 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 build up their muscles, right? They build up their muscles, but they're not building up the strength of their bones. Yeah. Okay. So you got a guy who can throw, you know, 15,000 pounds of force with a leg kick, right? But the way MMA fighters stand, they're solid on both feet. Whereas a Muay Thai fighter is light on his front foot yeah. because your front foot, which is usually your left, unless you're, you know, Southpaw is your, uh, defense, your counter, uh, that's your that your that's the leg you 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 defend yeah. low kicks with and then you counter, whereas your your right kick that's just like that's just like a sledgehammer. You take your right kick and you just fucking wing that thing and just whatever's in front of it you you fucking destroy. Yeah. So let's say you have a, a a right leg kick that has fifteen hundred pounds of force. Okay, now if somebody is standing on their in an MMA stance where they have to be a little bit lower. And, you know, they because they have to defend a takedown or something like that, they're going to have more pressure on their front leg. OK, now Chris Weidman was throwing his right leg kick at Uriah Hall's front leg and caught him right on the knee. But because he has weight on that front leg, that kneecap is is solid. Yeah. Right. You're not really supposed to aim for the knee. You're not you're not really you're not to at all you know you don't aim for the kneecap yeah yeah you, you aim for the you know the side of the leg the inside of the leg because if you feel your knee what's the most solid part the bone the front yeah right whereas like the side has got like you can feel it like joints and yeah. ligaments and you know all that kind of stuff so he took that 1500 pounds of of force that he can cause with that with that back with that leg kick and he ping that thing right on a solid 3000 pounds of resistance right on the kneecap. And then, so he breaks this down to me. If that doesn't make sense to you guys, it's cool. Cause it didn't really make sense to me. What I'm saying is imagine Barry bonds swinging a wooden Louisville slugger at a metal, you know, just a metal, uh, pipe, right. A yeah. solid steel pipe. What's going to happen. The bat's, bat's going to break, right? Because it's not strong enough. There's too much force going into it and it's not solid enough to to uh to withstand the impact of a more solid object yeah. right so that's how what he basically broke it down is he's too strong and his his muscles are too strong his his shin bone was too weak yeah that's what happened crazy right anyways it's crazy really... doesn't happen more oh god man Ugh. it's it's a nightmare to watch those i watched it once didn't get caught again Every time I saw it pop up on Twitter, I would just scroll real fast. I was like, fuck that. I ain't going to see it. I, every time, man, you'll never, never get used to seeing that kind of injury. No. It's horrific. It's not. Like, uh, that's like one of those things like some, the, there's all those athlete injuries like football players and like Joe Theismann. Yeah. His broken leg. And then Paul George a couple of years ago broke his leg doing the same. Alex Smith. Alex Smith. You're just like, oh, I can't watch this shit. Like, it's just. Alex Smith almost died because of it. Yeah. Like, and I'm just like, yeah, no, thank you. You know, what's the worst is when that kind of break happens with the, with the fighters is when they go to step back on the leg. Oh yeah. And it's just like, Bleh! yeah. Cause you don't, cause I, and you don't really, I'm sure actually he probably immediately knew that he broke it. Cause he probably felt it. But yeah, most of the time when you do it, like you just kind of go, oh yeah, everything's fine. You look down and you're like, oh no, that's not fine. Uh, but that was a. It sounds like it was a hell of a card. Did you read anything about that? that no, that I, card? I don't know anything about it. It's, it was all finishes. 
it was all finishes. Nuts, man. Yeah, I saw a lot of good um, press from it. Like, and that was surprising because going into it, I expected to see a lot of those people on Twitter with their, you know, self righteousness and why are they doing shows full venue with no mask? I expected that, but it seemed like there was a lot of positive feedback from the show, which was great. Uh, like, we got to get back to normal at some point, guys. Like, somebody's got to be the canary. Yeah, like it's never going to be a popular decision. Like, but at this point, it's like everyone in the country is eligible be eligible to be vaccinated. So, yeah, yeah like I said, man, somebody's got to be the canary in the coal mine. Let's see. It's been about two weeks since opening day. Probably over that. Mm-hmm. Has anything happened with the, uh, the in Texas with like that Rangers game that the opening day stuff? Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing, man. You can't make the assumption. You got to wait and say, okay, what are the results? There was one guy after Mania that I guess got COVID and everyone was trying to say he got it at Mania, but he talked about it two days after Mania. And I said, this is, that's not how this works. Like we know, we know how long this takes now to kick in and it definitely doesn't take two days for you to know for it to kick in. Like he had, he had it when he went to Mania, like he didn't get it at Mania or in Tampa. Yeah. Maybe. But yeah. Like I, I have not seen anything that's had major outbreaks recently. I couldn't tell you what the numbers are right now. Cause I don't see them anymore. You see them all the time. Yeah. I'll hear on the news every once in a while for San Diego, they'll be like, Oh, there was 25 case, new cases. And but all we're, that we're, stuff. we're in a, we're in a new tier. Like we just went into a brand new tier where more stuff inside is opening today. The CDC said that anyone who's fully vaccinated can go outside and do stuff without masks and i said well people were doing that anyway yeah, so what is it permi- thanks, thanks for the permission thanks guys. for the permission that we've that everyone's already been doing anyway <laughs> if you've been to any beach in san diego you know damn well no one's wearing a mask there yeah but, man yeah. speaking of vaccinations went and got my first shot i'm half vaxxed which one did you get uh pfizer okay yeah yeah simple man felt nothing simple dude the guy literally like stuck it in my arm and pulled it right back out i'm like that's it dude and he was like, yep. And I was like, sick. Has your wife gotten hers yet? She's all, she's superhuman. Oh, God, sorry. You, you told me about that already. She's 100% vaxxed up. You're, and you, you're super, superhuman. I am right? too, yeah. Uh, as of this Friday, I'll be fully 100%. Good for you. But yeah, my, my, like my mom got it and she got really sick. Oh, really? And then like she told me that she read somewhere that uh, I guess women have been having more of the side effects than men. I don't know why that would be. But like everyone I know that's had really bad side effects have been women, so yeah, I haven't met anybody. Well, I mean, I've, I've talked to a few people that uh, one of my neighbors, I guess, I put it down, put him down uh, for a day. But hey, yeah, shit happens. I, I don't know the science behind it, but I felt nothing. I was fine, no issues, and you know, you what well, you have probably maybe a sore arm. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. I mean, I was tired the next day, but I don't know if it, I don't think it was from from it's, that. I think it was just from a long week. It's so hard to tell cuz like the day after my second one I had a headache. I was like, "Yeah, but I have headaches all the time." So, how do I know the difference between a headache caused by the vaccine or a headache just that I have? Yeah. Oh, well. But yeah, I mean, at, at this point like if you're vaccinated, like you should be able to just go back to normal. Yeah. In my in my opinion, like, because what's then what's been the whole point of all this? Then if the vaccine isn't the end goal, like that's the weird part where they're like, oh, yeah, still don't, you know, let's not, you know, celebrate too quick, you know, and it's kind of just like, but I thought this was supposed to be a solution. Yeah. I don't know. Well, Tokyo just had a state of emergency because I guess there's a much bigger strain of it that started out there. And I'm like. Okay. Something tells me this ain't this ain't gonna be over for a long, long time. No, COVID is gonna be like every other thing now that we're gonna have like at some point I think we're gonna have like a 
a, a more of a long-term vaccine where it's like you're good now like you don't have to worry about it but people are still gonna be able to get it like it's still a thing that exists like it's not just gonna go away so when people say to me well when covid's over i'm like well that's not like <laughs> that's that's never gonna happen like this is a thing that we're just gonna have to deal with now What's like the everything exact else date on that yeah what's the exact date it's like i'll be long gone by the time if this is ever completely gone yeah yeah, man. What else is up? What else is going on in this wrestling world? Anything uh, interesting popped up? Nothing. I, I really haven't watched much wrestling the last couple of weeks, so I really have no idea. I don't think I... Uh, no, neither have I. Neither have I. I haven't even been to training because I just got over my injury. I don't, I, I, I'm like, all right, cool, man. I think uh, I'm going to get back in there this week. So Thursday I'll be at Level Up Pro Wrestling. You know, I haven't been in there since, I don't know what, like three weeks? It's so weird, man, with wrestling, because like, if you don't go in the, if you don't get in the ring for like two weeks, three weeks, you start fucking jonesing, and it's not even like I'm like desperate to get in the ring to like go bump around, but I feel like I like I should be. Yeah. <laughs> even when you're injured, you're like, I feel like I'm just like wasting time here, but I don't know. I'll I uh, I'll be back in there this week and. Test out the old uh, the old leg, see how it's going. But it's fine. Last night at Muay Thai, I was throwing kicks and stuff like that. It felt fine. So, have you like tried to like turn yourself the way that you turned like in the match when it hurt, just to see if it did it again? No, because it was it was a um, it was an arm drag that I was taking. Oh, okay. And I don't want to just take arm drags on just roll around the house. regular floor. <laughs> it's kind of a uh, hard movement to uh, to uh, recreate anywhere else besides a yeah. uh, wrestling ring. But yeah, man. So it'll be fun. I think, uh, you know, I think Judas might be there. He might be training. So I haven't trained with him in a long, long time. That'll be fun. Like the old days. Yeah. He's going to be on a show soon with you, right? Yep. I'm wrestling with him on May 30th. And that's the showcase show, right? Showcase show. Okay. Yeah. Level up. Forgot to mention that at the beginning. Eh. But, uh, God, I was just going to, oh, I was listening to, uh, uh, Duke's show. Um, I, I listened to it last week, but uh, with Chris Terry, yeah, it was so funny listening to those guys go over the old times, man. I mean, like it's funny because like their old times are even like prior to me, yeah. But then they start entering into like my time when I started training at SoCal Pro, and they started dropping some names that I fucking was like, holy shit, I forgot about that person, Dewey Blackburn. I, I remember him. I saw you tweet like. Sometimes you'll tweet stuff and then I'll like Google to see who, what you're talking about, like what you're referencing. Like, are you referencing like a South Park skit or something? Normally. And I'm like, I looked and I was like, oh, that's just something we talked about on the pod. Yeah, that's Dewey Blackburn. He, uh, yeah, it's, it's so funny, man. When you go over like, so I've been in wrestling now, I think in June it'll be eight years that I've been training, right? Yeah. And then October would be eight years that I've been doing shows. Um, you look over like the people that have come in and out of schools and you know, a lot come in a few, a, a few stay basically. Yeah. And when I first started wrestling, uh, when I first started training, I didn't have, we, we didn't have classes or, uh, you know, like new, uh, what can I say? Like, it's not like a group of people started together. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like you, you come in and you kind of just jump in and you learn as you go. I guess you could say at SoCal pro. And when I started, there was like uh, a few guys with me. Um, and it's funny because we all, uh, four of us debuted together. 
on uh, uh, uh in the Rumble. Yeah. The Rumble Oceanside uh back in uh, October of 2013. One of them that's the only match he ever he's ever he ever entered into. And then two other guys, they were the Divine Brothers or the Brothers Divine. It's funny because like I think there's been a lot of Divines yeah. brothers cuz like there's like there the, the two cats up in MPW that are the Divines, right? Yeah. And then I feel like they've had a lot of Divines come through. But uh, they lasted like two or three shows and then out. And I, I'm the only one that lasted out of all like the people that debuted and all the people that I trained with. And it sucks because I remember one day I was training uh, and I was this was two weeks before I debuted. And I was training with one of the Divine guys and another guy that, debu- that debuted in the in the Rumble. And the other guy that debuted in the Rumble, he wasn't really that good. Um, so I got hurt. I, I hurt like. I don't know. I, I, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, like a nerve in my back. It's like the scalia or something. I don't yeah, know. What the that fuck sounds it's familiar. I took a bump and I fucked it up and like inflamed it and it was just hurting like a motherfucker. But the only people at, at training that night were the other, the divine brother and this other guy that I said wasn't really that good. And I was like, okay, well, I should probably keep training because I want to get, you know, some, I want to get these guys like some good training, you know? Yeah. And I remember just taking all these bumps. It just hurt. It just hurt every time, man. The next, the next morning I couldn't even lift my left arm. Like I couldn't lift, like I couldn't drive. I couldn't even close my driver's side door when, uh, the, the morning after, but I'm, I'm putting up with this fucking shit because I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want these guys to be good. You know, like I'm going to help them out. And then they fucking quit, (laughs) you know, like they quit as soon as they actually get to, you know, to be on the shows they quit the sheer amount of people that quit wrestling schools very shortly after starting. is probably higher than the success rate of people who actually go to the school and become successful. Yeah. Because people just, they never, they don't really know how hard it is until they do it. Oh yeah. Like they see it on TV and then they don't realize that like, Oh no, you got to bump a lot. And that takes a lot of energy out of you. Yep. Got to condition the body. All these UFC guys that always think they can wrestle and they don't realize that in ring cardio is different than like, UFC cardio or MMA cardio like yeah it's all different man it's all different it's like being a uh it's like being a baseball player and going and playing ba- uh basketball yeah you you ain't gonna, it ain't going to work dude one of the most uh interesting things i found about on that duke and uh chris terry podcast was that apparently uh so when adam pierce booked ROH back in whatever mid 2000s if there was like a shitty dark match going on yep or it went too long. He would send out the dark city fight club, which was yeah. like a tag team back then just to like beat the fuck out of him and get the crowd. And apparently Pierce, when he was in SoCal pro was doing the same with Duke and Chris Terry. Yeah. That was before my time. And I thought I was like, that's so fucking cool. Like that was way before my time. Actually, uh, Duke and Chris had just broken up prior to me training. I think. Okay. So I didn't even get to see them as a tag team. And it was funny, like hearing, <laughs> hearing Dan, talk about like Dan had a little bit of an attitude problem right Dan had a little bit of an attitude problem and obviously it has gotten him in trouble a few times uh but uh it was just funny listening to them talk about that because I remember that very very much I remember Dan having a little bit of an attitude problem and then they were supposed to reunite at least for one night at least and uh and that didn't happen and yeah there was always Always something. I think I think the only time I met Dan before recently, like he didn't have like an attitude, but you could just tell 
that he just didn't want anything to do with like most people. Like he just had like that, you know, that when you look at someone and how they're acting towards other people, you're like, Oh, I'm not going to bother that guy. Like I was in a car with him for like two hours and like, we didn't say a word to each other. Like <laughs> it's like, and he probably doesn't even remember that. Like he probably doesn't even remember that car ride that I was in with him and like Devin and Dan and Rick Ellis and Yuma. Like I was there too, but he yeah. probably doesn't remember me. No, Dan. Uh, yeah. Dan back then, I don't know. He, I, I didn't like Dan very much back then. Uh, but then, you know, I got to know him and I was like, all right, this guy's cool. Yeah. He, he he's a good dude. And I, it was weird because I, I don't know where he was at. I, I don't know why that happened. Like what, what changed him? You know, like why did he, why did he have a little bit of an attitude at, at a certain point? And then what happened? Why, you know, how did he drop it and all that? I don't know. Like, yeah. but uh, you know, like I said, Dan, Dan actually helped me out a lot with a lot of stuff and, and, and getting to know people and getting booked at places. So I appreciated that. And yeah, man, ended up driving with him. Many miles, many, many miles and, uh, and getting to know him. So we put, we put you over big time a couple weeks ago. I don't remember if it was that podcast or another one. You put me over? Dan put, put me over? And we put you over. Damn. You guys buried Dev and put me over? Yeah. I, I, I well, like because it. you do that thing where you, when you do that thing where you're like, I don't know if I should be training. I don't think I know that much. And him and I are both like, Mike knows what he's talking about. Like, it's not, it's, it's not like a humbleness that you have or like a, like you're not not confident, but it's just like you're always like, eh. And I'm like, no, 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 you you can tell these people things because you know what you're talking about. Well, I uh, I look at it as like, you know, when you when uh, you send wrestlers off into the world, right? Yeah, In, into the pro wrestling world, it's very important. Like, hey, who trained you? Yeah, your name is attached to that person. Who, who yeah. broke in? You know, and there there. It's like there's no, uh, I, know, I guess they're a little bit of it, but to have my name attached to somebody, yeah, that kind of worries me, <laughs> you know, like, and I, you know, it, it's just because you don't know there might, you know, like what if, what they, if they have an attitude problem exactly. and then that reflects on you. At exactly. That point. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, what if, you know, they end up wrestling one of Rip Rogers guys and, and Rip Rogers is in the crowd and they, they look at the guy that I trained and they're like, who the fuck trained that guy? I would just be like, Oh God damn it. Don't drop my name guys. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It just feels weird. Cause I, you know, I, I feel like when I say I was trained by Tommy Wilson, SoCal crazy and anchors away, I say that proudly, yeah. right? Those are the guys that made me into the wrestler that I am. And you know, of course you, you have people come along to help you out a little bit too. Uh, but, the primary guys that train me are Tommy Wilson, SoCal Crazy, and Anchors Away. And I, you know, I, I when I say that, I say it proudly. Um, and I feel like I had a very good, you know, training. Yeah. And uh, you know, you you train, people train you, and then you kind of pick up your own style. Yeah. Right? You you take what works for you and you uh you pass that along, yeah. I guess, right? You're always learning. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't want people to, to just be like, oh yeah, that guy was trained by Camden. You can tell, you know, cause like he, he moves like Camden or like he does this dumb shit like camp Camden. Oh yeah. Camden has that same bad habit. He, the, yeah. He, past, you know, like that kind of, I, I just, I don't know, man. It's fucking weird. Yeah. It makes sense. 
But like I said, you're always learning. Like, I don't know. Did you ever watch the uh, Jericho Austin thing? No, I haven't gotten to see that yet. Jericho talks about how he, when he went to WWE, he didn't know what bump and feed was. You know, what's weird is I didn't know what bump and feed was until I went to pro wrestling school either. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Keep going. What do you say? No, I just, I just think it was like, but it's weird because if you watch Jericho and WCW, he obviously knew what it was, uh-huh. but he just didn't know the term. Yeah. Like, cause you watch him in these cruiserweight matches, he's doing it. But I just find it so weird that someone who had been wrestling for like that long, didn't know the term. Bumpy. I'm like, that's crazy, but it, it's different. Um, it's different, uh, um, terminology. All right. Re- from the multiple wrestling people have trained me. i everyone has a different terminology for everything. Yeah. Like the universal spot is different. Yeah, it's also known places. as inter- international. Yeah. Uh yeah, there's always like it's weird like if you if you wrestle a guy from like the south, right? Uh when they get when they take an arm drag, they actually reach across your chest. It's interesting. Um whereas like in southern California, a lot of arm drags are done, you know, uh left arm to left arm and you you catch it in the elbow pocket, right? Yeah. Whereas when I first, like Caleb Conley, right? He's a North Carolina guy. Yeah. And the first time I wrestled him up at WCWC, um, I went to give him an arm drag and he reached all across, all the way across my chest to my right arm with his left hand or with his, yeah, with his left hand. And I was just like, huh, that's interesting. And it was just because that's how he was trained to take arm drags. Uh, it's the same thing with uh, body slams, right? You pick up somebody and then, you, you know, some people cup the head. And some people just keep it on the shoulder that they originally picked them up with. Yeah. Which way is the right way? Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just two different ways of doing it. Um, like I would have trainers like, uh, Ryan stone from anchors away would, would do the body slam. I think without cupping the head or with cupping the head, maybe. And then Tommy Wilson would do it the opposite way. Yeah. So which way is the, which way is the right way to do it? You know which yeah. you know you know you know what yeah, the answer yeah, yeah. is. Whoever's training that night, yeah. Whoever's the trainer that night, their way is is the right way that night. That's what that. And then when you get out in the world and you start doing your own thing, you do whatever works for you. Yeah. So. No, that I, makes sense. Yeah, terminology. It's different. You know, it's just different, but you you make it work. Yeah, it's like uh, if you watch Ricochet or Chuck Taylor when they run the ropes, they'll grab the middle rope with their right hand as Lucha they hit style. it. It's a lucha style, yeah, and that's just the way they were trained by whoever trained them. Yeah, uh, like I know Ricochet was trained by Chuck Taylor, so whoever taught whoever taught Chuck Taylor how to run the ropes like that. Yeah, it's also because if you break the uh, the ropes, yeah. you, can, you can hold on to that. Because isn't that, that like a common thing with like lucha? Sometimes like the ropes break a lot. I don't know. I think that's what I think that's what I heard him. That's why they tell him to do that. Because the reason you hook the top is because if the rope breaks, you catch yourself. But that's like a second way to do it, I guess. Yeah, and then there's the old school way of doing it where they hit it more with their their uh, their right side. Yeah, which bruises your side. Which is lot. awesome, by the way. I uh, when yeah. I first did it, um, I was like, "Oh, that sucks," because it's like it's like basically starting back over, mm-hmm. right? Like when you're a student and you start the you know when you when you get to start running the ropes again, or when you start to, when you get to train running the ropes, yeah. it fucks your back up. Yep, it will bruise it. It will just destroy your back. And then as time goes on and the more you do it, you build up the conditioning for it yeah. and your and your back is fine. But then I started like, hey, I'm gonna try hitting the, you know, old school Hogan style, you know, like hitting the ropes. And uh 
it hurt obviously because it's more of your lat like yeah. it's like under it's like more of your side like your your armpit area and uh it hurts man but then it's as you keep doing it it's awesome for some reason it feels so much more like uh like comfortable yeah and you can get like so much more like speed off the ropes which i don't know well, yeah why. but there's a whole there's a whole logic of like that's more of a logical way that somebody would hit a rope than the way normal people normally do where they run and turn. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you were to look at that from a logic perspective, you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you hit the ropes anyways? Well, exactly. If you're in the middle <laughs> of a fight with someone, they push you off. Why wouldn't you just stop and turn back around? It's but, a suspension of, uh, was yeah. it suspension of disbelief? disbelief yeah. You, you, you really got to lean on that when you're, ta- when you're talking about pro wrestling, cause it's, it's entertainment. You see a lot of people hit the ropes the way you're talking about, like in the old stuff. Like, I don't know if you watched the Roddy Piper documentary, a little bit of it, but yeah. everything they show of his matches back in the day, everybody's hitting the ropes like that. That's the, that's how the old school cats. Yeah. Did it. He's hitting the ropes like that. Hogan hits the ropes like that. Uh, Flair would hit the ropes like that. Yep. Like I suggest anybody out there, man, like the young wrestlers try it out. Try it out, and then if it feels comfortable, do it because it makes you stand out a little bit, right? It makes you stand out a little bit on the show. Everybody else is hitting the hitting the ropes this way. You're you're fucking brothering it like Hogan. <laughs> Go for it, man. All right, man. Let's get into some questions. We got a yeah, couple questions. Got a couple of questions. Let me pull them up real quick. So thank you to everyone who asked some questions. So uh, the first one was actually a DM from the Canna Pro Show. And this is kind of topical because this is kind of a topic of conversation this weekend. Uh, as a wrestler booked on a show with another wrestler that has an allegation against them, do you leave that booking? And you could answer this as your way of doing it or your advice for how other people sh- should and would approach it. Uh, I have yet to to be in that situation. But uh, so this, I believe it's stemming from a certain situation that happened over uh, the weekend. Am I correct on that? Sounds yeah, like there it. was some kind of house party show that uh, Pentagon and Brian Cage were on. There was actually a lot of names on that. On that. Yeah. It was in, and, pretty and, impressive. Yeah. And then Del, Del Rio was on the show, too, who has a, I don't know, depending on where you look, there's an allegation against him. And then some places you look, it says the allegations have been dropped. The Whoever posts from the SoCal Uncensored uh, Twitter account kind of made me aware of the allegations against him that were still out there, which I thought they were taken down. Um, so yeah, anyways, what happened was, uh, there was a, a guy who, uh, runs a memorabilia, um, shop, mm-hmm. uh, company, whatever. And he did this last year. He, he had like gangrel and like a few other people show up. I think it's, I think it's like a kid's birthday party. Don't, don't, you know, hold me to that, but I feel like it's a, it's a kid's birthday party. And so this year he had a whole bunch of people, like basically like all of the Lucha Underground roster. And then uh, Del Rio happened to be on it. And then that caused a stir uh, because certain allegations and yeah. incidents in the past. And I'm not even sure what the outcome is of a lot of these allegations and or well, that's what I said. There's, there's, there's an article I found when quickly looking it up that said the charges have been dropped. And then there was another article, the SoCal Uncensored tweeted where it said they hadn't been dropped. So it's it's weird. It's, it's 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 one of those things like okay, there's many different angles of this. So wh- where do you stand? Like obviously you should. You know. And see that's that's the issue is that kind of uncertainty. You know you you don't know. Wait a minute. Okay, I heard that this happened last year or two years, however long ago it happened. But yet he's free and walking around. Yes. Yeah. He's not in jail. 
I don't. So wait, what happened? You know, I can yeah. understand like, okay, if I ha- if I let's say I get booked, right, and and somebody on the on the card has an allegation of, I don't know, you know, like maybe it's a sexual allegation, right? Yeah. Let's make it like yeah, you know, let's make it a sexual allegation. You gotta you gotta sit back and and say okay, this is one allegation. How long ago did it happen? How long ago did it happen? It's it, like I said, it's kind of weird, man, because it's hard to just try, you know, be the judge, jury, and executioner by yourself. Because especially if you don't have the information, right? If you don't have the facts, yeah. you know, like you said, you looked online and you can't find shit. You can't find a like a, 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 a legitimate like hey this is what the the outcome was yeah there's multiple there's multiple sets of information where even it says the person that accused them of this retracted it yeah it's like but at that point you're like okay so but what if what if what i'm reading saying it's been dropped is is wrong yeah and it's just someone it's tricky man it's tricky like i said if it was like one allegation okay how long ago was it was it a single incident was it a single incident okay um maybe I'll give this guy a pass or her, you know, it could be both ways. Yeah. Um, but when it becomes multiple allegations from multiple people around the country world, even if you, if you want to do that that way, then it starts to become a little bit more like, wait a minute, there's something here. There's yeah. something, you know, like this, this is, this isn't just one allegation coming from maybe an, a crazy ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. This is from multiple people that have had the same story all across, you know, from different areas that that would make me think like, uh, you know what? I probably shouldn't do this, this show. But what if it what if you didn't like what if you hadn't like paid attention to who was on the card and you didn't know until like the day of you got there and you saw that person at the show? Would you walk out or like, are you already there? Like if you drove six hours to Arizona and then you realize that someone is on the card who's been convicted of something like that's interesting, man. That's interesting. Um I would have to be in the situation yeah. to give you an honest answer. Yeah. I would have to give you, I would have to be in the situation. It also matter who you drove out there with. Like, yeah. and if how they feel, like if they feel like they want to leave, like, you know what, a what lot do you do then? The, a lot of the, you know, this incident that happened with Alberto Dorio this past weekend, I'm sure a lot of those guys in the car just thought this is just a, a, a house party. Yeah. There's no way this is going to like get out on the internet. And it did. <laughs> it did. So they, I can, I can understand why they were probably like, Hey man, it's just a house party. Like, you know, like this isn't some major promotion or booking like that. It's just a house party. Yeah. Uh, like I said, man, I, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of times you cannot give these answers until you are in the situation. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see what, what I mean. Like, I, I wish I could just give you like a, a solid answer, but I'm sorry. We're living in a world where. You know, you don't know. Everything's not black and white. It's very yeah. much like you got to go like you got to be in the situation to like, you know, everyone can say that they know what they do in that situation. But yeah. you now you're getting to the point of, like I said, you're driving six, seven hours. You don't know. And then you're out there and it's like, OK, well, am I going to work this show and get paid? Yeah. Or am I going to just turn around and drive back and just have wasted all that gas for nothing? It's like depending on what your financial situation is, you might have a different opinion of that. Like you might be relying on the money you're making off this show. If you're somebody like 
obviously those guys at that house party are not relying on money at this point, but yeah, it's, 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 it's easy to say, Oh, I would do this. I would do that. But until you're actually in the situation, I don't think it's that easy to figure it out. And you, you just have to bring as much information as you can together. Now, if there was somebody who was just red hot, as far as allegations wise, um, you know, the shit was, you know, just got, uh, you know, the accusation just happened. Yeah. I'd be like, man, listen, this dude, this person's, you know, a little too hot. Yeah. There's too much, there's too much heat going on with this person right now. I can't, I can't, I can't be on the same card. I can, I can understand what can happen out of it. But yeah, like I said, that's a great point. What if you drove six hours? You didn't know who was on the card. Surprise, surprise. Somebody shows up and you're just like, wait a minute. I just drove six hours. Let's say you got 200 bucks coming your way. 250 bucks, 300 bucks. You need that money to get home. Yeah. Maybe you need that money to get home. Surprise, surprise. A lot of indie wrestlers are not rich. No. You know? Um, I don't know, man. It's 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 just there's so many um variables. Yeah, there's so many variables. You know, obviously, if you see somebody with a lot, of, you know, that has a conviction for any kind of uh, you know, uh, sexually underage, anything like that, you don't you don't want to mess with that. Yeah, you don't want to mess with that. That's conviction, dog. That's conviction. I don't want to. I don't want to touch that one. But allegations. You know, you, you got to look at it and say, okay, is this one allegation or is this multiple allegations? Yeah. Is this like a common theme with this person or is this just a, a one-time incident that, I don't know, man, it's a tough question. You know what it's like? I asked my mom, I asked my mom this a, a handful of years ago. So uh, my mom comes from a family of, uh, what was it, there's six kids in that family, right? And my, I have an uncle who has Down syndrome. Okay, so now I start getting into the time where my friends are all having kids, right? Their you know wives are all pregnant and stuff like that, and they have a test now where you can test for Down syndrome prior to the kid being uh, born. You know, like still in like yeah. that that stage where you know if if an abortion is is still an option, right? Yeah. Um. So I asked my mom this, and I go, "Hey, mom." Um. You know, she grew up with a brother who who has Down syndrome, right? And I go, Mom, uh, what would you do? What would you do if you found out, like, you know, maybe one of my, my myself and my brothers had Down syndrome, and we were still in that time frame of, you know, you could you could uh, terminate the the pregnancy. And now I'm telling you that my mom grew up with somebody with Down syndrome. Yeah. All right. Her brother has Down syndrome. My uncle has Down syndrome, and my mom says. You can't, I, you can't make that, that answer. You can't give an answer to that kind of questions until you're in that situation. Yeah. Right. You have to be in that situation to be able to make it a, a, a decision. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like that's, that's smart. Yeah. You know, like what if I told you right now, like that same question and you were like, no, I, I, you know, cause it takes a special kind of person. It takes a special kind of person to raise a child with down syndrome. I believe you me. I watched my Nana, uh, you know, take care of my uncle all the way, you know, into the grave. Yeah. You know, she, she died going, you know, taking care of my uncle. Um, you know, like that's, and my uncle's like 50 something years old. And he actually, I think he, I don't think they have that much of a lot. Like he's kind of 
special for yeah. like living that long. I don't think usually that happens, but don't quote me on that also. Um, and then my, my, my cousin, right. She ended up having a, a child with, with down syndrome. And I thought that was very interesting because, you know, like I said, growing up with an uncle who has down syndrome, you see yeah. the kind of, you know, the time and the effort and all that kind of stuff that you have to put in. So is that like a genetic thing? Does that get passed down? Like if you, like, it's just one of those random you. choice things. I just, yeah. Couldn't tell you. But, you know, like she with that, you know, cause she, she actually lives in that house yeah. for a little while. And, uh, and she decided, you know, I think she, I'm pretty sure she had the test and she decided to have the kid. Like I said, it takes a special person. It takes a very special person um, to raise uh, a child like that because, you know, I think normally, normally, right, a kid turns 18, hey, get the fuck out of the house, right? You're not my responsibility anymore. It it goes beyond that. It goes beyond that. So it's one, you know, like asking, hey, what would you do in this situation? Yeah. It's kind of tough, man. You got to put me in that situation. You got to give me the the information. You got to give me the facts. Tough man, it's tough. And yeah, it's a, like another thing is like uh, kind of on the same beating path. But I don't know if you heard about Steve McMichael. He has ALS. Mm-hmm. That's one of those diseases that in my head I'm always saying to myself, if I ever got that, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wait for it to take over. Like, but it's also like what would really happen? Because I wa- I literally watched somebody go through that the mm-hmm. ALS. My stepdad's dad, and it's the worst possible thing that can happen to a person. Mm -hmm. Like your body just literally shuts down, but your brain is fine. Mm -hmm. You literally can't move anything. And it's, it's again, it's like you said, like you don't know what you do until you're in that situation. Yeah. So So. my father died of ALS. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then you, Um, then you know, yeah, 100% I know it's, uh, it's heavy on families. It's, oh, I do not wish it on anyone. So after witnessing my dad go through that, I think, um, think he got diagnosed and i think probably within three years it took him out but he was also in bad health anyways prior to that so like they think i think they gave him like a five to ten years it's not it's not once you get it it's not that long unless you're stephen hawking like it's not something that's gonna well yeah and also like the physical shape that my father was in also just declined but um this is the crazy thing man when you when you you know i I didn't live with my father at that time. I, I had already moved out of the house, but um, it's weird because so you're the same. You're about the same age as me. You remember Doctor Kevorkian? Mm-hmm. As we were kids, what yep. was his nickname? I forget at this point, but he. Uh... Here's a hint: Steve Williams. Oh, Doctor Death. Doctor Death. Okay, his name was Doctor Death when we were kids. Like, and this is like probably like when we were like ten, like you know, like around yeah. ten years old, like yeah. real young kids. You'd see on the TV, Dr. Death, Dr. Death, Steve or uh, uh, Kevorkian. And you're like, man, this is a bad dude, right? This is a bad guy because his name's Dr. Death first. Kevorkian kind of sounds crazy, I guess, right? He's an old guy, white hair. He's kind of like, uh, he's he's thin, yeah. you know? And you find out what he's doing is he's, uh, he's, he's killing people, right? That yeah. He's killing people. And you're like, holy crap, he's a doctor. He's killing people. Like I said, we're dumb kids, right? You don't, you, you're, yeah. not, you're not watching the whole news story. You're just listening uh, like to keywords. And, uh, and then I grew up and I, wa- you know, I watched my father go through, you know, ALS and it's a very slow death. Um, and then I watched a thing on Dr. Vorkin, right? 
and I saw, I figured out, oh, I see what he's doing. Human euthanasia. He's taking care. He, he, he's helping people that have terminal illnesses die quicker upon their request. Yeah. And I was like, this guy is not a bad person. No. The, the, the media back in the day portrayed him as that. But he's not a bad person. He's just helping people out that that's what their wishes are. Yeah. That's what they want. Um, you know, uh, and after watching my dad go through that, if my dad said like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to nip this in the butt before it gets too bad. Um, I would I would be like, OK, yeah, I completely understand. I completely want to understand because not only is that person going through that type of illness, but the family's going through it. Yeah, it's 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 a daily toll on people's like it's a strain. It's a strain. So it's like if you can say to him, hey, once I get to the point where I'm in a hospital bed and I can't move anymore, do it yeah. like that's it's again. It's like you said, it's what would you do in that situation? Like for yeah. me, I'd, I would hope that I would have people in my life that would listen to me because I wouldn't I wouldn't want to live through that. Like it's one of those things like there's no cure. They have no idea how you get it. Like they have no idea what causes it at this point. Like, yeah, I, uh, I've thought about that too. I've thought about like, uh, cause I've, I, you know, when my dad told me that he's like, you got, you know, I got Lou Gehrig's yeah. right. And I, you know, I didn't know what the fuck I had heard of Lou Gehrig's right. I, I grew up a baseball fan. Of course yeah. I knew who the fuck Lou Gehrig is. Um, I had no idea what the fuck Lou Gehrig's disease is. And I remember my dad telling me like, oh yeah, I got, I, I've got Lou Gehrig's. And, uh, and I was like, all right, you know, you're a fucking big baseball fan anyway. So it's fucking yeah. fitting that you got it. And then I fucking went home and, and read it about it. And I was like, oh, fuck me. Like, this is fucking bad. Um, I thought about it. First thing I thought was like, is this, is this, is this uh hereditary, you know? Yeah. And it, I talked to a, uh, I remember I went with my dad to one of his uh, doctor's appointments and I asked the doctor and he, and the doctor was like, no, I mean, obviously there's cases, yeah. right? There's cases of it being hereditary, but it's not certain. Yeah. And I, 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 th I think about this. I think about this. Um, you know, what would I do if I ended up getting it? Now you just said you would end it for sure. Oh yeah. For like, once I got to the point where I couldn't walk anymore, like I don't want to put any more strain on my family. And it's like, well, so I, I think about that. And I have the same kind of thought process. Like I would want to end this. Yeah. But that's me saying this now, knowing I'm hundred percent healthy right now. Yeah. Right. Being like, nah, fuck this. When you, when you get to the doorstep and you got to knock, you got to knock on the door and say, Hey, it's time to make a decision. Yeah. That, you know, you might say, fuck this. I'm crossing my fucking fingers that in the next year or two, they're going to fucking come up with a cure. You yeah. don't know, man. You you, yeah. can't, you can't say for certainty, hey, I'm going to do this yeah. until you are in that situation. I actually heard of a, I read a, uh, uh, a, a few years ago, I, I read about a girl. So in Oregon, they allowed that. They allow it where you can go and, uh, you know. Um, euthanize? Euthanize, yeah. I Human guess euthanasia is what it's yeah. called, basically. Up in Oregon. So uh, this girl, she had a family. She has kids. She has a husband. Be, uh, got diagnosed with ALS. And before it even took effect, she was like, fuck it, I'm going out on my own terms. 
she moved to Oregon. They had like a party. The next day, she, uh, she, you know, she took her own life. Yeah. And to me, looking on, looking in from the outside, that's the bravest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Like this person was brave enough to say, "I'm not going to put you guys through this. I'm not going to put my family through this. I'm going to nip this in the butt right now. Peace out." I'm, yeah. I'm gone. They were, and they were verbally able to say goodbye. Yeah. Because exactly. by the end you can't even talk. Can't so there's talk. no way of saying goodbye. There's yeah. literally just, you not, you, you can't even not, you can't even nod at that point. Like, yeah. Um, but I think that's the only like disease that I would feel that way about. I don't know, man. Listen, whenever I, I talk to people now that like the family members going through, like a parent is going through some kind of terminal illness. Um, I talked to them unsolicited yeah i'll you know if i find out like hey this person's fa- family has like uh you know the parent has like uh alzheimer's mm-hmm. some kind of cancer you know like really bad cancer i'll kind of be like hey can i can i talk to you and i'll explain like hey listen my family's been through this this is what you're going to go through yeah this is what you because you, you can tear a family apart going through these kind of situations and the biggest thing you have to remember is that there's going to be life after this person passes away. Yeah. We're still, you know, your family is still going to be here. You're still going to be a family. You're going to have one less member. Yeah. And now whatever happens in that time frame between the person being diagnosed and their death, you know, that can either be one of those things where it's like unrepairable, you know, people like siblings Long or term whoever. Ramifications. Yeah. They can, they can, they can, um, you know, they can, uh, Cut off commu- you know, cut off communication and not even consider each other family anymore. My wife's mother uh passed away of uh lung cancer. So I watched my father go through it, right? And then I watched my 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 uh my mother in law go through it. And to tell you the truth, it was very similar. Because the process is this is kind of the same. The yeah. person ends up ha- relying on other people to help them out. And some siblings go, Hey, you're not doing enough. I'm doing more of the work than you. And then vice versa. And it can cause big problems. Yeah. So it's not like I've only seen it once. I saw it twice. And so now I, I, uh, I try to talk to people and be like, Hey, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And you can either destroy your family or you can keep it together. Even after yeah. this family members lost or has, 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 has passed away. So, it's just another one of those situations. That's, you know? that's, I mean, that's a good thing. Like, not it's not a good thing, but it's like for someone to go to you, you kind of can give them like the heads up. Like, this is what's going to happen. Like, yeah. prepare yourself for this. Because like, yeah, like you said, you can literally rip a family apart and they don't speak anymore after it because of this. And it's like, you didn't think that going in, that was what was going to happen. But now you're not talking to your brother or sister anymore because one wasn't one wasn't as there for the parent as the other one was yeah and it's tough it's tough man some people just aren't strong-willed enough to deal with it like it's 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 not like some people just can't uh handle it mentally like taking care of that's being in that situation that doesn't mean that they don't care it just means that they can't process it to where they can't they can help enough um, that may be an excuse for some people, no, but it's like, you're correct. 100%. So yes, I, uh, I wasn't there enough. I don't think for my dad. Um, and it was, it's weird because 
it's not that I don't love my dad. It's that it's hard seeing somebody that you, as a kid, you're like, dude, my dad, yeah, strongest man in the world. Yep. According to me, strongest man in the world. And now you're seeing him in a weakened state. And it's, it's tough to, it's tough to watch. It's tough to watch. And thank God I have, you know, my youngest brother, he, he was there, you know, he, cause he lived at the house still. And he, he picked up a lot of, of, you know, he, he, he was a rock. Yeah. He was a rock. My older brother, you know, was there a lot. You know, my, my, my other brother was, was there a lot too. And, um, but I, I just, I hated seeing my dad in that condition. Yeah. You know, I, I would still go up and see him, but I feel like looking back, I go, God, I, I probably should have spent more time. But I also take go back to my, my mindset back then was you hated, you hated seeing your, your yeah. family member, your father yeah. in that kind of condition. Um, it's kind of completely unrelated, but, um, so when you can, uh, put down your animals that are sick, you can go and be there with them yeah. as you euthanize them or whatever. I can't do it. Like my brother can. And it's just, it's, 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 it's different obviously, yeah. but it's like one of those things like an animal can be just as important as a family member oh, to fuck you. Yeah. So like it can be just as hard. So yeah. it's like, but like, I can't be there for that. Like I'm fine with saying goodbye and then they go do what they got to do, but I don't want to be in the room as they're putting him to sleep. Like that's just something I can't yeah. mentally do. Also one thing I've, so I, I come from a family of all boys. Yeah. Right. Um, men are a lot different than women as far as emo- when it comes to that, that emotional stuff. Yep. Who is you growing up, right? Who was the nurturer? Who was the emotional one that took care of you nurturing your dad or your mom? My dad wasn't around. So it was my mom and my grandma. Okay. So I was pretty much raised by women. Okay. Um, but I think that's probably the normal yeah. answer, yeah. right? Like your mother is the nurturing yeah. side. Your dad is the one that's going to tell you like, Hey, you fucked up. Mm-hmm. Stop being an idiot. Your mom was going to be like, listen, that was a bad decision. Yeah. You shouldn't do it again. Please learn from this time. You know? Um, so, so women are more nurturing. My wife, when, when her mom was going through the cancer was would fly home every other weekend or not. Like she basically would like live back in Chicago. She would fly here for a couple days to go do work and then fly back to Chicago. She yeah. was back and forth. And it's because of that nurturing side. She would go there and take care of her mom. Yeah. You know, like I think women can, con- can, uh, can process this kind of stuff easier in their head. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you have a brother, yeah. sister, brother, brother, one brother. Um, how often do you guys talk to each other? Um, exactly. exactly. Maybe three. Yeah. No, you, you know yeah. why? I have three brothers. Yeah. Guess how often we talk? Not often. Kind of like whenever, yeah. dude. Like what whenever. are the age? What's the biggest age gap you have with one of your brothers? So my oldest brother and I are just over a year apart. We're basically like we're almost Irish twins. Okay. And then my brother after me is five years younger than me and then my youngest brother i think has got like is maybe a a year or two younger than him yeah so my young my brother is 13 years younger than me oh yeah so So we literally have nothing in common like we both like baseball it's about it but he's a he's 21 so he's at the point where he's starting to enter into that yeah young party guy phase and i'm just i'm entering the point where i'm like i just want to sit at home yeah like so that's a big difference but that's the thing like 
the the person that holds together my family right now is my mom. Yeah. My mom's the one that calls me. She's the one that calls my brothers. She's the one that tells me what my brothers are doing, right? So after my like, like let's say in the future when my mom's gone, my brothers and I are like barely going to talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like and not because I don't because lo- I don't love them, because I don't like my brothers. It's just that what that's what men do. Yeah. You know, it's like uh it's like look at nature, right? A male a male is born in uh you know a pack of animals and what that male goes and starts its own pack. Right. So that's, by the way, guys, this is just my bro science, my theory that I have. No, it's, it's right. Whereas I see, I see families that have daughters and the mom and the daughters are now the glue. Yeah. They're the ones that keep the family together. Cause like I said, guys are like, whatever, dude. Yeah. You know, like I'm sure there's like some families out there where the brothers are close as can be and best friends and all that kind of stuff. But I would have to say probably the majority are just like, oh, yeah, that's my brother. I don't know. He's fine. That people always look at me weird when they ask me, how's my brother? I'm like, I think he's good. And yeah. they're like, you don't talk to him? I'm like, I talk to him enough. No. We, we don't hang out and go to dinner together. Like My brothers and I, we all live in San Diego, and we haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah. But, I, you know, you know, every once in a while we'll text with each other, like, see what's up. But from what I've noticed, daughters are the, and, and mothers are the, are the glue to family. They're yeah. the ones that are going to keep the family together. Boys don't fucking do that. Yeah. So when it comes to nurturing, when you have a family member that is injured, ill, sick, whatever, the, the women kick, you know, they, they kick it into gear. Yeah. Because that, that's just that nurturing side. It's I think it's natural. Um, I don't know. I can't remember like how exactly we got on this topic. We started with the, the Mongo McMichaels. Well, yeah, but it started all the way back at would you wrestle on a show with a <laughs> person who is convicted of something? But anyways, uh, yeah, it's just the when it comes to terminal illnesses and, you know, people saying like, oh, I'd probably end it right. You don't know, man. Yeah, Could you, you imagine raising that gun to your head or injecting that poison into your 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 veins and being like, this is it. Yeah, this is literally fucking it. Your beliefs in the afterlife. You might be you might be a non-believer and all of a sudden you're like, God, I hope this is fucking, you know, there's something after this. And you might be a true believer of, you know, heaven and all that kind of stuff. And motherfucker, you're about to find out. You're about to find out if 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 your time on earth, yeah, all the the church you went to, all the, you know, the the uh commandments you 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 uh, abided by, you're about to find out if this is the fucking truth. Yeah. You know, like it's a heavy decision. And you can't make a lot of these decisions until you're in the moment and you're faced with like, okay, this is what's in front of me right now. Not 10 years from now, not 15 years from now, not 20 years from now, right now I have to make a decision, you know, and I need, I need, tell me the facts. Yeah. What's going on here? Let's say ALS. Hey doc, how close are we to a cure? Doc says we have fucking nothing. You go, oh, okay. Or if the doctor says, hey, you know what? We Maybe a year away, two years away. Yeah. Well, well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You're just going to end it with knowing that maybe they had two years, they're going to have, they're going to have a cure. And you, and they said you got maybe three years left in your life. Yeah. It's crazy, man. The problem is you see how medical science goes. If they have their two years away from a cure, that means you're probably four years away from being able to take it. Yeah. But so. It's just it's it's crazy, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of questions in this world where a lot of people on social media automatically just go to, you know, hey, 
you shouldn't have fucking done that. But it's like, hey, you're not in my situation. You need to find, you know, what, what happens if you're in my situation? What if you find, you know, what if you find, if you're in my situation? Everybody says that they would do the, something different, but they don't, they don't really know. You don't know, man. You don't know until you're in a, you're in the situation. So that's my answer actually for a lot of things was, Hey man, I'm not in that person's situation. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, well, it was a lot of this, uh, the police officer stuff, right? There was a few killings and all that kind of stuff that caused a lot of commotion. Hey man, I got to see, I got to put myself in that police officer's shoes. What happened? Yeah. You know, like I, I don't want to, you know. I don't want to uh, make too many uh, uh, judgments from the outside, not knowing what happened. Yeah. You know, and, and, pl- and placing myself in that situation, you know? So, all right. What else we got, man? All right. So this is actually a question that was asked after we recorded last week. So this is kind of a quick one we can answer really fast or you can. Any cool first car stories? First car? Yeah. Like, did you have any interesting stories? stuff happening on your first car. Oh, like my first car that like that you ever uh, had that I got. Yeah. Uh my brother and I were supposed to uh share a Jeep, a Jeep Cherokee back when uh we were in high school. And of course, he's a dick and he started like he just take it all the time and I would I wouldn't have I so I basically had like a Jeep Cherokee, but I didn't have a Jeep Cherokee. So yeah, we always fought over the car. And then he thought it should be his because he put more money into the stereo system. Yeah, so that's my first car fucking story. All right. Um, oh, by the way, I saw we had a, a, a question too that showed up late, and it was like either like pick one or the other, Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. This is from last week. Okay. Uh, Street Fighter started me in the the video game, the fighting video game world, and then Mortal Kombat took it to the next level. Remember, like Street Fighter Two, everybody was playing it at the arcades, yeah. and you're like, "Hell yeah, Blanca, Chun Li, fucking Ken and Ryu, killing it! Fireballs, fucking spinning attacks, all this crazy shit, right? It's all cartoonish." Yeah. And then you look over at that other arcade game that everybody's huddled around, in, and you go, "What the fuck's going on over there?" And you're like, "Oh, those those Liu Kang, that guy doesn't look very interesting at all." But yeah, he just punched a motherfucker, and now it's, that guy's their blood just went flying out. Oh wait, I'm sorry did did he just rip that man's spine out of his body? I'm gonna go play this game. That's this is Street Fighter was for like the kids. Mortal Kombat was for the big boys. That was for the grown ups. That's my other problem with the movie. What's Liu up? Kang just showed up. He was, was just a, he was just a guy. That was I'm weird. Like, Liu Kang is like the main character. Like, oh like, hey, you just roam around the desert too. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, but anyways, Mortal Kombat. I, I like Street Fighter, but I graduated Mortal Kombat. Do you remember the Street Fighter movie? Uh, where. Jean-Claude uh, Van Damme. I, uh, where's Van Damme from? Belarus? I think so. Belgium? Is he Belgium? Belgium, I think. I don't know. No, he's Brussels. Muscles from Brussels. Okay. Brussels? Is that Brussels? Anyways, yeah, this is this is how like awesome Hollywood is. They took Guile from Street Fighter, the all-American, blonde hair, tattoo of an of a American flag on his shoulder, all that kind of stuff, and who'd they get to hire him? a guy from Brussels that doesn't have that, that, that does not talk like an American. Uh, but yeah, the movie was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the dumbest part about the movie is they teased the sequel. They did with bison who was a guy who from the uh, Adams family, who unfortunately at that point when he made that movie, he knew he was going to die. 
What did he? What did he pass away? He had some kind of cancer. I think he had the same cancer Chadwick Boseman had. Oh, okay. Like, cause, cause, literally, like he did that movie for his kids because he knew he was gonna pass away soon. Wow. Oh. You know, what I thought it was funny thing it was like, he, like, I, I can't remember what was it. What was his name? Like, Raul Julia. Raul Julia. It was like, wait a minute, they cast the guy, the 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 the, the dad from Adam's Family as yeah. M Bison. M Bison, who's supposed to be like a badass warlord. The dad from Adam's family got casted. He looks like he couldn't fight his way out of a wet paper bag. Such a weird movie. But anyways, uh, I love the Adam's family and I love the Street Fighter movie. Uh, I think we already kind of answered this, but I'll ask it. Uh, DTF Abel asks, what's the best piece of advice you ever got, both in wrestling and in life in general? Uh, Wrestling. I've gotten a lot of good advice. Um, Some of it stands out more than the others. But... um, one of the best pieces of advice I got was from D'Lo Brown after he watched uh, Brody King and I's match at SoCal Pro a handful of years ago. Uh, so when Brody and I, we 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 when we were going over this match in the back, I'm like, listen, Brody, um, the beginning stuff, you give me a hip toss, you'll give me, you know, a backdrop, you'll give me whatever. I'll just tell you when to give it to me out there. Yeah. Uh, and then we, you know, on the back end, we had a lot more planned out. And D'Lo, when he was going over the match with me, he goes, yeah, at a certain point, it looked like you guys started following a script. And I go, you're right. The front half was all just kind of like, hey, we'll yeah. call it in there kind of stuff. And he goes, that's what it, that's what happened. You stopped living in the moment and you started thinking about the next spot instead of living in the moment. So that was um, a really big piece of advice because he was right. He was right. When when I was out there just selling and calling it in the ring, what's going on right now? What's going on right now? Whereas, okay, I just got hit with this slam. Okay, how are we getting into this next spot? Okay. All right. That's right. Okay, cool. All right. I'm not thinking about what's happening right now. I'm thinking about the next move. Yeah. And 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 the sequence of events that happen after that. So that was one of the biggest thing was learn how to live in the moment. And you can tell when you, when you're in a locker room and you're watching you plan something, you're kind of like, we'll do this, but not, you're not structuring every single thing you're doing where no, some people yeah, yeah. like, some people like to do step by step. Or right, what are we step. doing in this moment? Like where you're like, yeah, we'll do some stuff and then we'll go into this and da, 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 da. yeah. Don't be afraid to, you know, just kind of freestyle out there, you know, just cause we have, this planned yeah. and then this planned and then this plan doesn't mean it needs to go str- straight into it. Yeah. No, we can fuck around in between a little bit if we have time. Um, so that was a pretty, that was really good advice. Um, if, if anybody out there, any of you young cats uh, ever share a, uh, a locker room with Sin Bodhi, just go sit next to him and he'll start just dropping knowledge, like machine gunning knowledge at you. And he basically kind of said the same thing, man. Like from what, from what I, you know, my time of talking to him is just, in the ring, you need to believe what you're doing. Yeah. And if you have everything planned out, you stop believing so much. And you need to you need to be like right there in the moment, basically. You need to say, hey, I'm fighting right now. That's my biggest thing also is wrestling is when it stops looking like a fight and it starts looking like just a choreographed sequence of events. You know what? I was talking to Honky Tonk about this one time at the Del Mar Fair uh, show on July 4th. One year. I was talking to Honky, and he goes, I, can't, I couldn't train wrestling anymore. 
He goes, I don't know what you guys are fucking doing out here. I don't, I don't understand what you guys are doing. So how can I train you if I don't understand what you guys are doing? And what I came to it was you and I grew up and actually let's throw it back to street fighter and mortal Kombat, right? You and I grew up playing that, those games. What is the one thing they do not fucking do in that movie or in the, in those video games? Uh, high spots. They don't sell. Oh, they don't. They definitely don't sell. Right. You get punched and fucking flash kicked. What happens? You get right up. De- Devin sent me a funny text about the end of the movie when they're all fighting in the cage. Yeah. About how uh, Sub Zero will be bitching to people in the back, like I'm a eight thousand year veteran. You want me to go over to this young rook? <laughs> you want me to put this motherfucker over this motherfucker over, over with a? And he's just gonna free. He's gonna hit me with a. Uh, a spike thing and that's it. Who'd he ever, who'd he ever beat? Um, you know, but that's the one thing I noticed, like that, that's the difference between that old school wrestling and now. But the thing is we grew up on action movies, uh, mortal Kombat, street fighter. Mm -hmm. Go check this out. When you guys go play mortal Kombat, watch, there's no selling, but when is there selling at the end? Finish him. And what's the motherfucker who's about to get finished doing? Just kind of swaying, just kind of yeah. swaying back and forth. That's selling. That's selling to them, right? Like, hey, okay. And even sometimes, remember you have a motherfucker dazed mm-hmm. in the game for like what five seconds, and what they're just swaying back and forth, right? And sometimes they just fall over if you don't do anything. And now look at some wrestling. That's when somebody's selling. That's all they're doing. It's just kind of swaying, like like I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm supposed to act like I'm dazed. Yeah. Uh, that you know, that's kind of to me. And like I said, this isn't like, uh, you know, facts. This is just like my bro science and my theory is that that's why you see a lot of wrestling. How it is today is, is today. It's very choreographed. It's very flashy because, man, everybody wants to do the gal flash kick. Everybody wants to do fucking Ryu's fucking uh, hurricane kicks. Right. Um, I mean, fuck, you got you got cats that are that are emulating uh, the fucking Hadoukens, <laughs> you know, like. That's how much those video games have influenced pro wrestling is because we grew up on them, you know? So, uh, let's see other, other advice, man. My mom drops nuggets on me every once in a while where I'm just like, holy shit. How the fuck did you know that? She's, she, like, sometimes she just hits me with stuff. I'm like, huh? All right. I didn't didn't see that coming out of you, but you, you said it and it's true. My buddy, Dave Montijo, he's one of the, like, he's my friend. Like I've, I've, I think, we really started being friends after high school, but I knew him like as a sophomore. Uh, I've lived with him a whole bunch of times growing up and all that kind of stuff. And he's, he's one of my friends too, man, that just drops like serious, like knowledge on me where I'm just like, how the fuck did that come out of you? And, but he, he just, he's, he's good. He's good at, uh, you know, giving advice. Um, what's the best advice I ever got. I got a lot of good advice. But this one time I worked with a bartender who was like a really, he's actually really fucking smart, but like you wouldn't believe him if you just talked to him. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, no, this guy's like Spicoli, but turns out the guy is like going for his masters yeah. in some kind of it's the goodwill hunting situation. Yeah. 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 And like, yeah, I thought this guy was like a stoner, like surfer. Right. But he was telling me about at one place he worked at something happened where like a cook or some kind of employee messed up. And, you know, 
it, it's not really that big of a deal, but mother, you know, like this, this guy that his name was Pat, he was like going crazy, like kind of like mad about it. And the, and the employee that messed up is like, it was, uh, from another country. Mm-hmm. And so this Pat guy is yelling and kind of mad. And this, uh, this guy that messed up looks at him and just goes, Hey man, nobody died. And it just shut Pat up. And Pat was telling me the story and he goes, he was right. What happened? Like somebody, like a table didn't get their food like quick enough, you know, like nobody died. And that's like what I think a lot of people kind of need to like kick back on. Like when they're freaking out about a lot of things is, Hey man, nobody died, bro. Nobody died. You know, like little things like, let, Hey, you know, you don't get the best service at a restaurant. You go, you, Hey man, you don't know what that person was going through today. You know, you don't know what that person was going through. You know, like little stuff like that. You yeah. Know? Hey, nobody died. Yeah. Why am I making this such a big deal? Not that, you know, it's easily fixable. Yeah. So is that, is that, I think that's, yeah, that's kind of advice, that's right? Pretty, that's pretty good advice. You, don't take things so seriously. Cause then that maybe if people, more people took that advice, then maybe we would have less of these dramatic situations that occur. Yeah. Maybe these people yelling at people at restaurants about nothing. You know, what's weird, man, is how much, how much problems has social media caused a lot? And how are we still like, Hey, this is a good idea. Yeah. I mean, there's some good, there's some good aspects of it, but for the most part, it really just creates this like toxic, like environment of just negativity that shouldn't exist. And back in the day when social media didn't exist, it was just like, all right, yeah, Hey man, just live your life. Stop worrying about fucking Kim Kardashian's, you know, fucking photograph that was, uh, that was, uh, uh, edited. Yeah. That's the aspect of social media. I don't like, I like sometimes getting information quicker, like when it comes to news stuff. Yeah. But that's mostly just sports and stuff like that. And like, who's going to be in this movie or TV show. And that's, you know, that's not really important information. So weird. It's so weird. You know, you know, Demi Lovato, not gonna lie to you. I was a fan of that chick, hot girl. But did you see what like what she like the the shit she tried stirring up the other day? And I saw something about a yogurt shop or something. I really yeah. I really don't know. So it's a yogurt shop that offered sugar free uh, uh, yogurt. I don't know if it was yogurt or some kind of uh, prepackaged thing of like yeah. sugar free stuff that was probably like on the counter, right? I don't know how big of a place this was. It's like and this lady and this Demi Lovato chick starts like going off about like shame like they're shaming people like be better to whatever this fucking fro froyo place was and it's like you're at a first of all you're at a frozen yogurt shop you know two some people cannot have you know the sugar-free option is is what they need right yeah. like diabetics or yeah. something like that and it's like so wait are we now you're you're shaming the pa- the place that is giving the people that can't have the froyo yeah but there's this sugar-free option. So, you you know, let's say you go, hey, I can't eat that, the Froyo. But, hey, look, at I, I can eat this over here. That's great, man. Yeah. They're, they're helping me out. But you, Demi Lovato, you're, you have such a weird thought process where you think they're shaming you for having that option for other people that can't have sugar. Yep. It's so fucking it's weird. So dumb. And people... It's like the people that tell you that, like, go out of their way to tell you that diet soda is worse for you than bad soda or regular soda. And I just go, well, not for me. And also, like, regular soda is awful. I'm also like, going to tell you this. 
soda in general diet or regular is bad for you <laughs> no i know i look i trust me i know that but like the sugar but if i'm gonna drink soda coke zero has zero sugar yeah so it's fine i i, I stopped drinking soda back when uh when i was in high school i just cut it off for some reason what do you, I, so i've always like i wish i had like an alternative something i could drink like because you get tired of water eventually the only like, time you'll see me drinking a soda is if it's like a rum and coke yeah that makes sense i'll drink that but uh, i haven't had those in a long time either but uh, growing up, I would drink water. Um, my, you know, it's weird. A lot of families, I feel like, don't drink milk. No. My family went through a shit ton of milk. Uh, I would drink milk. I don't really know what else I would I drink. It's kind of about it, I guess. I mean, Gatorade or like uh, every once in a while. Or uh, was it Powerade back in the day? Hell yeah. And they have both. Is Powerade still around? Powerade's still around, I think. I think so. Huh. But yeah, all that shit's loaded with sugar, so I never go anywhere near it. Yeah, I I, I drink it after like a hard workout because that's I hate, when you're supposed to have because I hate cramping up. There are people I know that would just drink Gatorade normally, and I look at them like, you yeah, know, you're not yeah. supposed to do that, right? Like Gatorade is not made for you. Just sit around and just drink it as yeah. like a yeah. fun drink around the house. Like no, it's meant for when you work out. I drink or, coffee. Yeah, I've never I never gotten a coffee. I didn't get into coffee until I was like 26 or 27. I didn't like it at all, and then all one day it just fucking changed. That happens. I think you. Just, I think your taste buds just change as you get older. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there anything else? Yeah, there's one more question. Oh, cool. Uh, from SoCal Gabe, um, with Disneyland reopening to Californians this Friday, I was just curious if anybody has a favorite amusement park ride and least favorite, and why. Uh, at Disney, you can't go wrong with Space Mountain. Always, Ooh. always. Um, dude, fucking in uh California Adventures, the Toy Story ride, the one where you shoot stuff. Yep, that's pretty fun. You mean the fucking video game? Yeah, that's pretty fun. That's the shit. And then uh, the old um Tower of Terror, which is now the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. ride, fantastic, fantastic. I, I was I was really looking forward to going to Disney because we talked about it a couple weeks ago. But then I saw the other day that they're opening up an Avengers Land in June, and I like, well, I'm never, oh yeah, I'm never fucking going to Disney this year because everyone's going to be going this summer. Yeah, that, last time I was there, they had the uh, a certain area boarded up with like Marvel shit all over the walls that were uh, hiding what was going on behind it. But uh, yeah, I like Disneyland's fun, man. I enjoy yeah. going to Disneyland just to kind of walk around and uh, just be in that atmosphere. But uh, what else is going on? Um, I've only been to Magic Mountain once. I hate roller coasters. Really? I I never rode them when I was younger. And then I think the first time I ever went on one, it was one of those like extreme ones at Six Flags where you immediately take this like dead drop. Yeah. And I just like, nope. And then I got sick and never, I've never done it again. I just don't like roller coasters. No, I'm cool with co- roller coasters. I love them. Um you know what ride sucks at California Adventure that everybody seems that they like really like it was that Cars ride. Never did that. Everybody put it over so big to me, and then when my wife and I went and went on it, I was like, "Nah, it's 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 okay, it's okay." The Indiana Jones ride is fun. Oh yes, let's not let's not forget about the Indiana Jones ride. That is that's the shit. <laughs> there was one time when I was much younger when I went with a friend of mine and we just rode that fucking thing all day to the point where. At one point, we pretended we were tour guides. 
<laughs> where we'd go up to the snake and be like, I hope we don't stop next to that fucking snake. And then sure as shit, you stop and there's that snake right there. And we're like, fucking great. Yeah, that's a good ride. And you can cheat it too because as you're going back, there's that gap with the little fence where you can just hop over and get back in line. Good for you. And you just, you can do that all day. That's a little tip for anyone who good wants to get you. on that ride multiple times. I haven't, I tell you the truth, I, don't, I haven't been to many amusement parks. Like I said, I went to Magic Mountain once. Um, Viper was sick. But I've been to Disneyland and California California Adventure, uh, you know, obviously a lot of times. Water parks, I'm down with water parks. Mm -hmm. I've been to Raging Waters once. That was pretty sweet. Then there's that La Jolla Reservation has a, a water park over there. That was pretty sweet, too. Yeah, I've been to, I don't think I've been to too many amusement parks. What is the one in Chula Vista called now? It used to be called something else. Isn't it Knox? Isn't it Soak City? It uh, used to be. I don't know if it's it still Knott's is. Berry Farms, uh, Soak City now? It might be. I've never been to it. My um, a good friend of mine growing up, his dad passed away building that place. Killed oh, him. Geez. He was walking over a uh, a trench or something like that, and mm -hmm. they had a they had a uh, plywood over this hole or trench, whatever. It must have been very deep. Uh, and when he walked over it, it broke. And he uh, somehow hit his head on the way down, and uh, turned him in, it put him in a coma. And Jeez. then he he basically like the family had to make the decision to yeah. to pull the plug. Cause he it, it basically uh, the brain damage was so bad. I think it turned him. Uh, he became a vegetable, and there was like no, there's no coming back from this. So the family had to make the decision to uh, pull the pull the pull the plug. And my friends and I were all like, we're never going there. Yeah, so no, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yep, never been to that place because just not going to do it. That's the only one I know of. I didn't know there were any other ones in San Diego. Yeah, La Jolla, Res uh, La Jolla Indian Reservation. There's a there's a water park there that I've been to a few times when I was younger. So is that it, man? That's it. I think that's, that's the it. Only questions. Yeah, we've been we've been talking for a while now. Yeah, we you know very dark. Very f yeah, yeah. Got very deep this week. Got emotional. Yeah, got emotional. That's all right. But anyways, uh, appreciate you guys listening to us. Um, go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hogsman Pod. Send us questions if you want questions. Like I said, it doesn't have to be pro wrestling related. It can, it can be, be anything. Whatever, yeah. Ask me a question. Get conversation started. And what else do we got? We got those shows coming up in the future. Was it May 22nd, 23rd out in Las Vegas, Mandalay Bay, Canna Pro? First match announced is Gangrel versus Damian six six six, and then we have May thirtieth Level Up Pro Wrestling. Uh, that's going to be behind the Level Up Pro Wrestling School in La Mesa, and I will be wrestling Judiz on that show. And then you have uh, six nineteen Canna Pro six one nine. I'll be on that show. I'm not sure who is I'm going to be wrestling, but already you have uh, Bestia six six six. Versus Hunter Freeman in a street fight. Why? Because Hunter is a hardcore guy now. Maybe you'll wrestle someone from an 858 area code and that'll be the match. 619 versus 858. Possibly. 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 And uh, that is about it. Yep. Turn into the last word with Big Duke every Friday morning. Duke uh, goes over a lot more. He's a lot more sports. He's, he's a bigger sports guy. Yeah. So this week we're going to be doing either a podcast while watching the draft or shortly after the draft. Right. And we'll actually be joined by someone who's coming out of his hole 
uh, Devin Sparks. Oh yeah, he'll be on the show to talk about the draft. Cool. So, and then hopefully one day, uh, Big Duke will get Bryce Harper on. He's he's he's, he's, he's hit, been trying. He's hitting him up on Twitter, and uh, has yet to get a response. But you never know what's going to happen. You try something a million times, and maybe one time you'll get that response. Ask for a million dollars. I'm sure you can do it. What's the worst that can happen? They say no. That was a big thing back in the day. You know that? What? So when UPW, Rick Bassman, got John Cena to show up, and then he also got like a fucking uh, pre-recorded thing from Vince McMahon. Mm -hmm. He was like, hey, I just asked him to do it. (laughs) Like, what's the worst that can happen? Say no. Yeah, exactly. That's it. You're never going to get a no if you don't ask. So I'm sorry. The answer is always going to be no, unless you ask. Hey man, shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. That's been this episode of the Hogsman pod. If you want the tip, you got to take the whole hog. Right.